0: hi friends welcome to the why on earth communities stewardship and sustainability podcast series and today i'm so excited we have the opportunity to visit with lila sophia Tresimer. hi lila
1: hi Aaron. how are you today i'm really great i'm having a great day what wonderful
0: absolutely wonderful the sun's shining and it's a beautiful beautiful day so Leela is a group facilitator, author, photographer, ceremonialist, minister, and co-founder of the Star House with her husband and partner, David Tressimer. Her primary dedication is to raising awareness and stewarding the geomythology of sacred sites. In 2000, Leela co-founded the Path of Ceremonial Arts at the Starhouse, which was a training for women in the Path of Priestess one of the earliest in the field, and co-created the Women of Vision in Israel and Palestine. She creates programs for sacred living and remembrance primarily in Boulder and Australia. Leela and David have a healing retreat in Tasmania, Australia as well. She is a certified mediator with Mediators Beyond Borders and is dedicated to building a global community which honors the feminine and celebrates the sacred in all beings. Her current passion is weaving a living network for the lineage of Sophia, for men and women around the world who are seeking to reconnect with sacred earth activism and spiritual practices that matter in these astonishing times. She is a co-founder and a lead facilitator of Sacred Arts Practitioner Certification being held at the Star House beginning May of 2019. Leela has written and published several books, including Conscious Wedding Handbook with David Tressimer, and Don't Go Back to Sleep, a spiritual novel, and Sophia Elements Meditations. Her DVDs include Brain Illumination, Couples Illumination, and Sophia Noxick Creation Story. Now. I know there may be some words in here that aren't <laughs> as familiar to some of us and we'll be, we'll be diving in and, and chatting about some of them. But uh, before diving in, Sophia uh, Lila, I want to thank you so much for being with us today
2: Thanks. and
0: for sharing with us about the Sophia hmm. tradition, hmm. which of course is part of your name as well. Hmm. Yeah. So I was thinking to kick things off, could you tell us a bit about the story of Sophia and, and what Sophia means?
1: I would love to tell the story of sophia and i think the entryway to that is the place we're sitting Mm. so just to introduce people formally to our background which is the star house and it was co-founded um and built by my husband and other people in uh, exactly 30 years ago Mm. and uh and then david and i got together 25 years ago and kind of built the community And in a way, I feel like Sophia is the community that Mm. comes into form. And the form that we're sitting in right now is uh, an extraordinary design of sacred geometry, uh, the fact that there are no pillars in this rather large, expansive, empty space, which is 12-sided, each side uh, dedicated to one of the uh, constellations of the zodiac, hence the star house part of it. Yeah. But it's grounded in earth. And it's a, a realization that the communication between heaven and earth or between spirit and matter through the human heart, that's also how mm. I would define Sophia. So the, the word Sophia means wisdom in Greek. Um, that's where it's where we get the word philosophy. Philosophy, mm-hmm. Sophia. Mm-hmm. Um, David works a lot with the uh, Anthroposophic tradition, which is Anthroposophia, meaning Mm -hmm. the wisdom of the human being, Mm -hmm. and Rudolf Steiner actually intended that word to represent the conversation between the feminine wisdom and humanity, and he he knew uh, over 100 years ago that that's where we were headed. And I just invite people to realize we're all connected to whatever you want to call the principle, (laughs) whether Mm. it's sacred earth or great mother or uh, Shakti or in every tradition has some version of the sacred feminine. And if it doesn't seem to have that connection, almost always one can find it of a dear friend who's researched Judaism and really made a point of finding the feminine in Judaism. So, and there's been movements in Christianity as well as Islam to, to find where does the feminine reside. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally feel that the planet in the middle of the screen here is is one of the most important things we all have in common. Mm-hmm. And you could, I refer to her, my word for the earth is Gaia Sophia that it's all related <laughs> to this feminine principle of nurturing life, being in connection with place, and sharing the resources of Earth. Hopefully, that sustainability is the outcome.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm so struck that uh, for many of us, we'll refer to this planet that we all share. We can sometimes think of it as a spaceship. Mm. We can sometimes think of it as a super organism that mm. we're part of. Mm-hmm. In so many of our traditions, we refer to Earth as feminine, Mm. Gaia,
1: Mother Earth,
0: Mother Earth, and even Saint Francis of Assisi uh, refers to Earth as sister. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just it's it's a really beautiful and I think probably integral aspect Mm. to our human experience.
1: Right on, and I think it's you know it's something my life has actually been dedicated to. Remembering, mm-hmm. reconnecting to the feminine tradition through time because I believe in my heart and soul that, and now I can say through my research that there is a Western tradition of the sacred feminine yes. and that it intentionally had been you know, somewhat cut off uh, so that we don't, you know, we have a little echo of Catholicism honoring Mary Mm
2: -hmm.
1: um, and certainly the rich traditions of Hinduism, for instance, you know, a lot of goddess energy that doesn't exist. Well, it exists in their mythos, but Mm -hmm. it doesn't translate necessarily to the human dignity of honoring women in the culture. So there's a lot of disconnects around the planet of how we disregard and and disconnect from mm-hmm. not only our bodies mm-hmm. but from the body of the earth
2: mm-hmm.
1: so by going through our body or by caring about nature or by planting replanting forests, us you know there's so many ways that we need to regain connection through through direct communication and sacred activism
0: yeah well i'm, I'm wondering if you can tell us a little more about what geo mythology means to you and i know in the introduction that we mentioned that a big a part of your dedication is to raising awareness and stewarding the geomythology of sacred sites and this is one yeah what does that mean I
1: know it's a phrase i just i landed on about two weeks ago because i mm. was ha- having a lunch with a, a, a friend a new friend in australia and she said so you know leela what is it that you do and I just went completely blank. Like it, it was like too big to put words on, mm. and and I didn't want to just start, you know, reading a bio, which is always like such an interesting snapshot. Who are you? Why, mm. why, you know, it's like mm. I feel like so much more than that. So I went. I went home. I said to David, I need to find that phrase. So I went. Okay, I I steward geo mythological landscapes and mm. sacred sites, starting with my body. Mm. Right this temple I have been stewarding it for twenty five years, and it 's not just the temple um, it 's a landscape that 's surrounded by twelve standing stones that are you know six feet high and six feet in the, in the, into the earth, so they're grounding energy it 's then about you know, hundred acres around which are different sites, a labyrinth that is a site that uh, can be found on the cave walls of crete uh, in in different locations in india and throughout israel if this form is an old old form it's mm-hmm. called the cretan style unicursal labyrinth um, that's a one of the sites there's dedications to the pattern that venus makes eight years in the sky when you watch it from earth, which is a beautiful geometry. So it's a whole stewarding. There's a sacred well we call Mary's well and kind of the tradition of the Glastonbury well Mm. have a connection with that. So the landscape for me has taught me so much as we created it, it's informing us. Um, Working a lot, why I love your work so much is because the fine-tuning of communication with the plant world is mm. an essential aspect of what mm. we have to reconnect with. Yeah. Why do the trees matter? What what do we really need to understand about trees, about herbal medicines? You know, the big hoopla of plant medicines. Mm. Like every mm. plant has a medicine.
2: Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> How can we really, you know, we'll, we'll start creating more relationship with them in this upcoming Sacred Art Practitioner Training. Mm-hmm. What what is your medicine that grows in this environment? And if you nurture that plant and then turn it into a tincture after the nine months training, how would that be? Mm, You know, what plant mm. medicine would that be for you? Would it be St. John's wort or dandelion?
0: Beautiful. That's so so exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. (laughs) I love dandelions in particular,
2: Mm.
0: you know, and it strikes me too that herbal medicine is one of these aspects of our story of our heritage Mm. of our ongoing legacy as human beings that we could say has been sidelined at the very least over the last few centuries in particular the last several centuries generally speaking and it's so exciting to see herbal medicine on a rebound Mm. now of course we had Brigitte mars Mm. on the podcast several weeks back, as well as our friend Stephanie Sizen, who's growing biodynamic herbal medicines up mm-hmm. at Sustainable Settings, and as we reconnect with these plants, with these medicines that are part of this creation here on this planet, it seems it will also necessarily result in enhanced health and well-being at the individual level, mm-hmm. and it just it strikes me that as more and more of us reconnect with that reality that we are gonna discover keys to our own quality of life and health and well being that we may have not enjoyed previously.
1: That's that's really beautifully said. I sometimes feel like, you know, there's two very clear paradigms that maybe cross over a little, mm. then they're not completely separate. And that in each paradigm you could make the list. So, mm-hmm. you know, earth medicine, plant medicines and the pharmacological uh, allopathic way of dealing with health, which has its place yeah. and has developed uh, important language and can overdrug and over prescribe and, you know, takes us out of the experience of relationship with our mm-hmm. body and mm-hmm. knowing. So I, I, I like to think I come from a medical family and had challenges with it from when I was quite young, because mm-hmm. I'm not someone who takes medication. I would much rather find my way, right? And mm-hmm. there's times when it saved my life. Mm-hmm. So it's a both and conversation, but to, to reintroduce relationship to plants. Yes. We eat them all the time, but what are we really eating?
2: Mm-hmm. you really,
1: what are we taking in with, you know, every bite of broccoli? Where did it come from? You know, yeah. is it laced in, in technological farming or was it grown and loved? Cause hmm. you know, we both know that makes a difference. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Well, it's, it's such a beautiful aspect too, of the legacy that we received from Rudolf Steiner who gave his ag lectures something like 97 years ago. And he, he, made, he was able to make so many connections between our own bodies and the landscape. And I, I'm totally struck that of course all of these plants are growing out of soil. <laughs> and soil is so fundamentally <laughs> important to our lives as human beings. Our word human and the word humus are mm. intimately linked. Mm. Mm. And I'm just curious what what that is like for you, Leela, in terms of the work you're doing on this land with this sacred site and the tending that you're doing to this geomythological sanctuary. <laughs> what what is the relationship with the uh, soil in particular like for you
1: <laughs> I love that question um, uh, it's not as uh, predominant in my life as I want it to be mm. number one yeah um, some of the people we know in common I am intending you know who are our, we call them earth angels on the property mm. Mm. <laughs> uh, who do grow uh, biodynamic herbs uh, that go down uh, into town and become tinctures and uh, Rebecca's apothecary loves our herbs because mm-hmm. they're biodynamic and wild crafted. Mm. Um, and I have a connection to that. And I just, I want more time with my hands dirty. Yes. So I'm actually looking forward to nurturing that in, mm. you know, in this coming spring cycle. Um, but on the other hand, as a kind of primary vision holder for, mm. for a rather large project, times two because we have one in Australia as well um it's all re- it's related right so even the word earth has yeah. so many actives of meaning mm-hmm. right as mm-hmm. well as being you know the actual humus you know earth substance mm-hmm. as it connects to water air and fire yeah. Starhouse ritual works a lot with the four elements the way the um kind of the cosmic clock or the geometries would be worked into winter spring we're sitting on the summer line and autumn equinox Mm -hmm. so to be in relationship with the earth is ultimately the dance of the this beautiful planet in relationship to the sun and the moon Mm -hmm. so looking at it sometimes in my meditative practice i'll go to kind of a gnostic mythology that which means sort of direct knowing but is also connected to the Hammadi texts and You know, there's a tradition of Gnosticism. I tend to use it with a small g, meaning it's my direct knowing. But there is a tradition of a Sophia creation myth. Uh, Going back to your first question, what does Mm -hmm. Sophia mean to me? It is a cosmic principle. And in this uh, working with the animation of what this cosmology might have looked like, I spent time with the animator looking at the earth from the galactic core hmm. which shows up in the, in the, the myth telling and the creation story from Gnosticism so when you imagine looking at the earth through a field of you know billions of stars and, and bodies it's like my sense is she still shows up as a shining potential seed hmm. and there's something about earth from a cosmic creation story that is so remarkably precious so earth is a planet earth is a substance earth my body know they're all they're all a resonance of some extraordinary gift mm-hmm. of spirit and matter working together to create the precision of life on this planet and how finely tuned it is Mm -hmm. it's so Mm -hmm. finely tuned Mm -hmm. our atmosphere is so incredibly tiny (laughs) and precious right a thin thin layer a thin thin layer and it's the thing that allows us to be able to you know walk in the sun and you know live Mm -hmm. breathe
0: Mm -hmm. absolutely remarkable well i will mention that uh, many of our audience are growing in excitement around a very significant event that the wine earth community is curating and hosting co-hosting right here at the Mm -hmm. star house and on this property in may may 17 to 19 and one of the things that we're doing with this three-day event is bringing together a number of different experts and practitioners Mm -hmm. one of the folks who will be joining us is a medical doctor trained in the western allopathic tradition and also steeped in the anthroposophic tradition mm. and he's going to help walk many of us through connecting some of these dots that perhaps haven't yet been connected for us individually in terms of our own knowing our own gnosis our own knowledge and i'm i'm so thrilled and excited leela that we have this opportunity to bring people together at a sacred sanctuary right here at the Star House. And among other things, we'll be talking economics, we'll be talking about leadership for executives and entrepreneurs. We'll be talking about educators truly activating those elements in their students that will help heal our world. And we're gonna play in the soil. (laughs) We're we're gonna get our hands dirty. We're gonna uh, connect with some of the biophysical forces that animate our lives and make all of this possible. And just wanna give a quick shout out that uh, it is a whole lot of learning and training and practice over years and years that allows us to bring this together now. And I'm, I'm absolutely thrilled and honored Leela, that uh, we have the opportunity to do this in a couple months.
2: Yeah, well,
1: this is what the property's meant to be, right? To to be a, a template uh, that provides I mean, if you look at the space behind us, we think of it as a chalice. Mm -hmm. And that um, the the name of the church itself as a legal organization is All Seasons Chalice. And the building is empty space and then people come into it and fill it, right? Mm -hmm. With their Mm -hmm. content. And part of our job as stewards is to make sure that content is in resonance with an overarching intelligence, with the sacred intelligence that the property is dedicated to. And what I love about what, what you're saying, the work you do, the visions that we share in common, are that when when these templates can be understood, we have an acronym for temple, because um, temple is also one of those words that's kind of charged. Mm, you know, it mm, can it can mm. mean something that well, that's my tradition doesn't do temple. My tradition does church, or mm. you know, I'm a pagan. I don't really like temples. I want to be in nature. It's like you know, all things work, mm. but but I like the acronym. Um, Templates for embodied mindful practice for living on earth.
0: I am writing that down.
1: <laughs> Templates for embodied mindful practices for living on
2: earth. Beautiful.
1: Pattern, sorry, change practice to patterns. Ooh. A mindful pattern, uh, which is a, a little bit more um, energized than a practice though practices are key as well yeah
0: practices are active aren't they
1: but it's it's embodied and it's mindful and it's a universal pattern mm-hmm. so everything that you do i mean Aaron and I had this fabulous crossing over moment when Uh, We do a lot of biodynamic stirs on the property, well, occasional, and we have done a few together. And then we did one that we then took to Washington, D.C. as a prep and on a sacred tour with people who worked in the Star House. We kind of practiced some understanding of how to hold sacred space in the four directions, how to be a vessel, um, as I would call it, of our higher self or as the Mm. anthropo seed of the divine that we are Mm. to hold that presence and then bring offering bring prayer bring chanting bring a song bring uh, one of the four elements to the national mall in washington Mm dc along with biodynamic preps which we spread around to the trees and um, we're going to be doing this as an annual workshop in Washington, DC, because this embodied mindful pattern for living on earth is something that we all can magnify Mm -hmm. along with much of what will come up in, in your three-day event as well, that we can take these practices, weave them into what we're each here to do. So for me, the difference is, um, between like, this is the way you do something and here's, here's a little bit of a, a, a smorgasbord of sacred items. Mm-hmm. Which ones are yours? Mm-hmm. Which tools are yours to work with? Mm-hmm. Um, rather than this is the practice of how you do this thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm really excited about that because I feel our individuality right now is looking to find its place in connection to the mandala of the whole creation. Yeah. And that when I know that you know that and you're doing your thing and being your best, very best Aaron Mm -hmm. and, you know, representing what you do with why on earth. And, you know, we we start to then become a conscious community that can take a template, learn and synergize it and then start replicating it Mm -hmm. as patterns and practices around on the earth. Not everybody needs a star house but one can set up 12 stones in the four compass directions, use the template if that template works for you to do a little bit more focused and simplified ritual offering next time you're at the beach Mm,
2: mm, or mm.
1: draw a labyrinth in the sand. We've done this quite a Mm. bit. We leave elaborate labyrinths that are quite large in the Mm. sand and then we come back and see how many footprints have walked it.
0: Oh, beautiful. Right? Wow. And you just oh, maybe you leave a little really note. That'd be really fun to film. <laughs> yeah, it's,
1: it, yeah, right, to have a, like, right, who finds it and what do they, yeah. and do they make of it. But just fun things like that, like That's how do beautiful. we create the templates that
0: mm. Mm.
1: are conscious
0: and well, mindful. Now, of course, the, the phrase elaborate labyrinths may be difficult to say 10 times fast, <laughs> but, but, but I want to I hang with that because, my gosh, what a beautiful offering you're placing maybe on a beach where random strangers may come by, people you may not actually Mm -hmm. interact with person to person, yet you're leaving them this gift that's an invitation to pause, slow down, Mm -hmm. and take a little more time, perhaps even a little more breathing, Mm -hmm. and to connect in with self, with surroundings, with spirit, in a way that uh, I know in in many of our very busy days we can forget to. Mm -hmm. And uh, what a cool... What a what a cool uh, gift to offer mm. people. Mm. My yeah. gosh.
1: Yeah, it's really sweet. And drawing and making a labyrinth is a, a little mini workshop in itself.
0: Yes. Because yes.
1: it all it, it, it sort of uh it'd be great to show a pattern here, but most people have seen this labyrinth pattern that I'm talking about. It mm-hmm. ends up looking a bit like a brain and it's all very rounded and there's it's called hebdomatic because it has eight circles.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but when you draw the whole thing, you start with angles. The whole thing it starts with a cross and then angles. So it's a perfect uh, dance between flow and form. Mm-hmm. And then you start connecting dots to lines and pretty soon you end up with this whole walking mm-hmm. pattern. So even the drawing of it is this fabulous balance between flow and form, masculine, feminine, you know, straight lines and rounded expression. So I love that part of it because the to me the dance in the creation is the sacred union between mm-hmm. the sacred masculine and the sacred feminine mm-hmm. and that that's what I feel um, Steiner in his brilliance was uh, giving some really profound insights mm. into growing community, growing children through the Waldorf training, um, remembering that there are nature forces that biodynamic practices feed, yes. they, they need to be fed, <laughs> you know, and, and that that's a, I mean, any one of those is a lifetime's work, right? Yes, yes. Waldorf education, but biodynamics is exciting to me because mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, the, the dynamic of bios, of, of the life is, something that we all need to know and remember we are engaging with all the time every breath we take we're mm. part of that bios mm-hmm. and in order to capture the the possibility of sustaining it we we need to resacralize it yeah we yeah. need to remember the sacred that we are in the sacred geomythology of my body of my land of my Community of my planet. Um, so I would love to see, you know, little armies of big people, little people, all kinds of people just kind of remembering how to do simple sacred practice yes. that's authentic for whomever and whatever. We often will say to people coming into Star House, because we think of it as a transdenominational temple, um, to bring what's sacred to you into the ceremony or into the event. Don't, don't wait for us to provide that because mm-hmm. the the mandala of the unfolding right now feels like I need to honor the allies I've worked with who teach me mm-hmm. and who my mentors are, and to bring that and not to feel like somebody has to agree with me or, mm-hmm. you know so we, we we've made this a traditional um, location for you know different expressions of Sacred communities. Boulder's famous for that, anyway. I mean,
2: mm-hmm. yeah.
1: One of the only Western Buddhist universities in the world, and right. a heavily practicing yoga community, and mm-hmm. strong anthroposophic and Jewish renewal, and mm-hmm. Sufi dances happen in Starhouse. So it's you know Native American practice, pagan practice. Mm-hmm. So I love that that weaving keeps happening because I, I think it's going to be diversity, just like it it is in the edge places of gardens and. Permaculture design, those edge places mm-hmm. where we meet yeah. in our commonality and deep respect for each other's traditions and templates.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I, I love the uh, the edge metaphor and reference that, of course, uh, our, our dear friend who's past Bill Mollison, who founded permaculture, he's from the Australia area.
1: Same island. Um,
0: really, it was yeah. Um, mm-hmm. He noticed that in ecosystems, when you have these edges where a forest meets a meadow, for example, you're going to have increased diversity, right? And it seems uh, absolutely applicable to our social uh, groups, organizations. And I I am so grateful to be connected with uh, a group called Green Faith that Uh is doing incredible ecological and social stewardship and justice work all around the world bringing together Muslims, Christians, Protestants and Catholics and all manner of Christians and Jews and pagans and Native American practitioners. And they like to say from A to Z, from agnostic to Zoroastrian, they really are doing as much work as they can in communities all over in a, in a truly interfaith and trans-denominational way. And it's so cool to be hanging with groups of people who are very devoted and steeped in their own traditions, Mm -hmm. who are not saying, no, you're doing it differently and that's wrong, Mm -hmm. instead are saying, wow, you have this beautiful thing in your tradition. I'd love to hear more about that. Mm -hmm. I'd love to understand how that might help me relate to some of these other folks in my community or with this work I'm doing over here. And I think for each of us to approach diversity with that that openness, that curiosity, that sense of celebration, is perhaps one of the layers of healing that we're, we're invited to right now in these times when that kind of healing is obviously so important.
1: So important. I mean, in a, a, a culture uh, where hate crimes are becoming, you know, daily events, mm-hmm. and uh, we, you know, if Parliament of World Religions is doing their best as well to, mm-hmm. like, just keep, keep a pulse going of, you know, we respect and welcome yeah. traditions. And they're, they're doing the same kind of, forums, you know, how do how do we keep pulsing tolerance and acceptance and communication, you know, Mm, amongst mm, all faiths? Because that that is partly where it has to come from. Yeah. Right? The the spiritual and religious leaders. And there's been you know good efforts made in in that Mm -hmm. regard and it, you know, obviously still a lot to be done. A lot of work to do. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely.
0: Well I, I would love to hear, I know that you all are launching SAP which stands for Sacred Arts Program, and I, I love the acronym. Uh, can you tell us, what is SAP? Why, why, why the acronym SAP?
1: Well, don't you love SAP? <laughs> yes. I mean, I just get so excited about it, and I don't even know anything about it. I mean, I, I, I'm, it's one of those things that's on my literal desktop to you know, like do more research about. Mm-hmm. But here's what I know about SAP um and I, so, I
0: especially love it in the form of frankincense by the way oh okay right? there that's you a go. Tree sap that's, that's that a tree sap that we burn as an incense yep. yeah
1: and around here you'll get it as a the pine sap which mm-hmm. is just mm-hmm. to me is what colorado smells like yeah, it's like yeah. to find that sap <sighs> um and sometimes it um what is it, it smells like um burnt butterscotch or something yeah as as There's like, like a, a butterscotch
0: drink, yeah. vanilla. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so SAP is similar and has relationship to our cerebral spinal fluid. Mm. So that's one of mm. like I'm I'm most interested in how to keep finding where the templates cross over. Mm. So David and I, um my beloved, were talking about this this morning because I, I said I need I need to just get a little closer to the SAP metaphor Mm. for why with you know spa wasn't going to be right but Mm. sap worked and Mm. you know so sacred art practitioner program um so sap actually as the and and i know you know more about it you know in a academic way perhaps Mm. also hands-on but david was saying think of it as um like a conversation between the stars and the minerals. Mm -hmm. And so from Mm. the the trees are drawing in all this kind of cosmic process of light and sunshine and stars through leaves and drawing it down the trunk Mm -hmm. into the root system Mm -hmm. where it's met in a way with the mineral kingdom that then is being drawn back up the tree Mm. and that the intricacy of what's happening in this apparent tree energy, (laughs) is nothing short of an absolute miracle. Total miracle. The the levels of the communication and sensitivity of the Mm -hmm. roots, Mm -hmm. the fact Mm -hmm. that so many of these tree systems are one organism, I think more than we know. Mm. But certainly aspens and bamboo have been understood to be one big tree system, one organism, one being. So it's like to sit with a tree and to remember what the mm. trees remind us of, and then to begin to feel you know, sap rising and falling. Like even in a cerebral spinal fluid, there's only 150 mils of cerebral spinal fluid,
2: mm. right? Like
1: 100 mils is what you're allowed on an airplane. Right? so that's a hundred mils <laughs> Well, it's not that much. it's a container about this big
2: wow and
1: and the, but it keeps circulating and then it gets absorbed and it's refreshed. but it, there's not a lot of volume there and yet it's what you know keeps our brain moving it it's a a, a you know, really delicate mm. aspect of how we function in our core. Yeah. so finding out what that relationship is and then giving people an opportunity to discover it as they lean up against a tree or hug a tree mm. or meditate on a tree whatever their mode of communication connection will be mm. and to learn what it what's well, how does sap relate to us mm. what mm. does it have to teach us how can a tree you know help us ground at the same time you know open and flower or bear mm. fruit or mm. You know be a home for eagles and songbirds
2: mm-hmm. so that's my so, set isn't that yeah, fun yeah, I, I, we're all really yeah, excited about exquisite.
1: it because for david and me it feels like it's a a culmination of you know literally decades and decades mm-hmm. of um esoteric research and programs and offerings and we've both written a lot um and and we're at that stage of life where we really want to be contributing you know and not just to a legacy but to to a way of offering you know a lifelong body of work yes and we have a fabulous faculty um you know starting with a beautiful 30 year old who you know is kind of navigating the wild and uh has done a lot of Native American practice, and mm. you know, so 30, 40, 50, 60, and 70 years are are our faculty. Mm-hmm. So we cover a big lifespan. So that's
0: transgenerational. Also. It's transgenerational,
1: yeah. which I feel is an important part for really? sure yeah, of absolutely. what we need to be learning from. You know, his wildness, and, mm. and mm. yeah, you know, and every faculty member is bringing um, a huge gift of their particular expertise.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. Mm. I'm so struck by the connection with the sap, the cerebral spinal fluid, and uh, thinking now about the trees and the the plants that are literally mediating between cosmos and earth. They are connecting with that soil, with those trillions of organisms. They do have this neurological communication (laughs) network that utterly dwarfs our internet. And I know David Haskell was on the recent episode, the uh, author who writes about trees and is a biologist. And the trees are truly, truly, truly miraculous. And of course we wouldn't be alive without them. And I remember when I was researching why on earth, I came across this little tidbit that blew me away. And it still does, which is that the molecule that those trees are using to Transform sunlight into food and energy through photosynthesis mm-hmm. right chlorophyll chlorophyll it 's the exact same molecule as the hemoglobin in our blood with with ex- an exception that at the center of the chlorophyll there's a one little magnesium atom where in the hemoglobin that 's an iron oh, atom right. instead, and it's my gosh we are we are so related
1: uh, from red to right? green too right I mean then that yeah. that little shift is. Is a, a powerful color enhancer. Mm. I, I think that's a that essential part of understanding that connection. And when you when you are filled with the awe of what a tree mm. actually is, mm. and then we realize, okay, well that means we have to be as amazing as that, <laughs> as human beings. Mm. And and it's almost like reflective knowing. The more we learn about the amazing thing a tree is. Mm. And then start to say, oh, that must mean I'm I'm capable of a lot more awareness Mm. and function. I mean, we all know there's a lot that goes on that we're not conscious of in our amazing biology and neurology. No question about that. But how awake can we start to become?
2: Mm.
1: One of the other things that we're working with that comes out of a couple traditions, but it definitely comes out of anthroposophy. And I recently, for the first time, read it in an African book about the 12 senses, that Hmm. we are more than our five senses. People have referred to that. There's obviously more going on than just the the five biggies. But um, Steiner has 12, so we've applied them. um, Not that this is true, but it gives a template. Hmm. So we put a sense at each of the zodiacal posts Mm -hmm. so that we can start to use it as a way of creating pattern. so mindful patterns for living on earth. How do we cross over our sensory doorways that we all know there's more just even using you know, sound, say mm-hmm. we know that dogs can hear in a much greater range than we're capable of. But is that because we're not applying hmm. an ability to open that temple doorway to increase the frequencies that we can hear? Mm-hmm. That's just a simple example. And his, his way of, Steiner's way of, of putting the 12 senses um, becomes another way to create conversation. Like mm-hmm. how do we become better humans, more open, more aware of the intricacies? Mm-hmm. The same way a tree is intricately connected to everything, mm-hmm. to the water, to the air, to the stars, to the ground, mm-hmm. to the humans. Um, so that's exciting. Um, and to feel how much we can be learning from nature, mm-hmm. and that yeah. we need to be preserving nature so we can keep learning. Absolutely, from yeah,
2: absolutely.
1: Um, yeah.
0: Well, let me uh, let me just pause there and, and share with our audience that if you'd like to find out more about SAP, and I encourage you to check it out because it is getting started here in just a few weeks. Uh, the best uh, place to go is to a website, SAP CP dot wildapricot.org. so that's s-a-p-c-p dot wildapricot, all one word dot org and i want to also mention that uh in may may 17 to 19 we are hosting a wonderful three-day summit massively mobilizing sustainability deep leadership for the 21st century right here in the star house <laughs> and on this beautiful property Unlike a lot of other conferences you may have been to at hotel, conference centers, and so forth, outside of this space is a whole bunch of beautiful forested wildland that you're going to be connecting with as part of your three-day experience. So if you want to learn more about that, just go to whyonearth.org. There's info right on the homepage, the landing page there. And I also want to mention this is the Why on Earth Communities Stewardship and Sustainability podcast series. And want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors who are supporting the upcoming summit as well as the podcast. And uh, this includes the Association of Waldorf Schools of North America, Earth Coast Productions, Equal Exchange, fabulous farmer-owned organic, stewardship-based coffees, teas, and chocolates. For those of you who (laughs) like those sorts of things, I love them. Uh, The International Society of Sustainability Professionals. The Lidge Family Foundation. Patagonia. Purium, And uh, Waylay Waters. So those are our sponsors. Really excited about the summit, whyonearth.org. And I uh, also want to mention, if any of you would like to check out any of our audiobook or ebook products on the Why on Earth website, just use the code Why on Earth. You'll get a discount with that. Uh, so, Leela, getting back to SAP uh, and to the uh, nature as metaphor, nature as teacher, when we're talking about sacred arts program, I imagine there's also some human practice side to this is is that something you could share a little more with us
1: we um yeah the there are three temples that we're exploring through sap so one is the temple of nature which is wild nature and um, i think it's sort of domestic like where you know where you're gardening so wild and more tame cultivated nature and then the temple of body soul and spirit so how do we navigate as soul Uh, in in such a way that we are actualizing to the highest potential Mm. the 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 realm of spirit into matter Mm -hmm. you know first with ourself so self-realization is sort of what i would say most Workshops are dedicated to self-realization. Mm, How do I wake mm, up? Mm. Important work. And we need to move into earth realization. Yeah. How do we become an aware network of yeah. communities that are sharing and rising into what I think is the next level of, mm, could be called surrendered leadership. It could be called mm. ecstasis, where a group really starts to function with a intuitive connection and there isn't the, the most relevant person takes the lead Mm -hmm. in whatever Mm -hmm. might be happening right Mm -hmm. so it's a it's a different kind of an organism
0: I I love how Chardin the the Mm -hmm. wonderful Jesuit philosopher and writer was anticipating this in what he was calling noosphere and omega point and he was writing about this in the early 20th century like 100 100 years ago
1: yeah yeah, it's it's the it's the next obvious place for it's like trees, mm-hmm. right? I mean, they're mm-hmm. sharing an ecosystem, and they you know one, mm. one moves, and they all kind of move. And then the third temple um, is basically of uh, form and flow of you know the the structure, um, and how temples have patterns and codes and keys, which are universal so it's 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 this fabulous mix of like i say everything that we've as a a a couple have learned together in our 25 year Mm, journey mm, um it definitely involves this as a temple this as a temple mm -hmm. you know but all earth becomes a temple And, and we keep moving appropriately. So it's not all about earth stewardship because we have to take care of ourselves. Right. You know, we have to keep healthy and vibrant and alive. So it's like becoming deliberately awake to where do I need to put my attention now? Mm-hmm. But also to make mm-hmm. sure that as much as we can be serving what's happening at this remarkable time in the developmental cycle of earth yeah. in, in her her process of being initiated which is one of the ways i see it when i can be expanded enough
2: mm.
1: and we have to keep expanding our ability to see what's going on
2: mm-hmm.
1: because if we don't if we don't keep getting like potentially bigger and holding what's happening on the planet we'll mm. collapse into the despair mm. and mm. and the grief mm-hmm. which is also an essential and important part mm. of being able to realize that's there also. Yeah. You know, we're, we're, if we feel it, we can experience the extinction of species. And that's, yes. that's a, a death process mm-hmm. that we can't just not acknowledge because yeah. it has an impact. And if it keeps happening at the rate it is, it'll have a major impact. That's right. And yet the further out we can expand to see what's happening mm. as its own natural cycle the more we f- will feel empowered to be able to be in connection with it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and not only at the effect of it. Yeah. So it's a dance, isn't it? Of it's... like the paradox of the light and the dark. And yeah.
0: The... And it's so beautiful to feel the, the empowerment of recognizing how much this is an inside out job and opportunity. <laughs> and I, I, I'm struck that uh, part of what we're talking about is understanding the sanctity of each of us and of all the different places and spaces on this huge, beautiful planet. Mm. And, you know, I think it's fair to say that uh, much of our recent history has included a whole lot of desecration, which is the opposite of understanding sanctity. It's, it's the desanctification on some level. And, you know, I'm struck this word mundane is popping into my mind Mm. that for some of us, we might think of trees as mundane, or might think of soil as mundane, and well, that's absolutely true. Mundane means of the earth, so mm-hmm. this word mundane is actually right. also pointing us in the direction mm-hmm. of the sacred,
2: mm-hmm. where we might have
0: previously not realized the sacred is right there. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that's part of the awakening that's that's happening right now in our culture, in particular.
1: Oh, I I, I mean, I love that. I love that it is. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I and mean, you've referenced a few of these different. Projects. You know, Bill Mollison would find that when he would teach in the United States, where people were willing to pay an enormous amount of money for his permaculture Mm, courses, mm. he would then pad himself with wads of cash and cross into Africa and India, where he would meet with the women Mm -hmm. mostly, or in the Middle East, and and he would give away as much of his work as possible Mm. because he knew that women would take the decertified desert areas of yeah, their homeland yeah. and they would grow stuff, mm-hmm, you know? mm-hmm. And they would create a shift in mm-hmm. their locality, yeah. you know? Or somebody begins a biodynamic farm in the midst of a chemical farming operation and mm-hmm. there's story after story of, you know, this is the farm that somehow is protected because it's in communication, you know? And yeah. locusts or whatever else might Mm. flood the neighboring areas but something about the level of refined communication that that group of people had with the elements and the elementals themselves meant there was more intelligence yeah and and that yeah. life supports intelligence well, and integration and you know I'm I have loved being in connection with elementals to my very mm-hmm. limited experience mm-hmm. of that because it's so clear to me that they are there,
2: mm. right? Mm-hmm. That there's little
1: gnome creatures, and you know, we have, as I've mentioned, these 12 standing stones. So one of our practical ways, people I hope will enjoy the humor of this, that we connect with some of these stones, um, which have a real presence. I mean, each one is a character, and after 20 years of connecting with these 12 stones, which are all way bigger than me, um, I, I now start to feel them. Like I've, I've had an experience of the frequency of what it is to actually feel a stone and have it translate into a vibration. And one of the ways we feed the stones is by pouring um, high quality beer. On mm, them mm-hmm. because
2: <laughs> they like the good stuff. They like eh? the good stuff because the
1: yeast feel feeds the lichen. That would yeah. be one way of looking at it. And yeah. I think yeah. that stone beings like beer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can see a little, you know, gnome like you know seven dwarfs. You know, just they, they're like the beer drinking yep. type. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is fabulous. Well, I'm so excited, Leela, to have this opportunity to mm. talk with you today and to share this wisdom and this knowledge with our audience. I, I want to begin to wrap up here by inviting folks, please check out SAP at sapcp.wildapricot.org. Uh, you can find the Star House online as well. And um, whyonearth.org, of course, has all kinds of resources for you too. Uh, Leela, before we wrap up, is there, is there anything else you'd like to, <laughs> to share with the audience before we conclude for today?
1: Oh gosh, I think um, maybe it would be... Uh earth, earth body, temple,
0: Mm.
1: you know, to realize uh, that the sacredness that we are, that the altar that we are, um, the massive intelligence that's gone into the design of Anthropos um, is such a miracle it's just we are such a miracle and if if we can reconnect with the miracle of that and the the treasure and preciousness of being able to say okay in this moment what my body needs right now is a really deep slow breath
2: Hmm.
1: and that I need to light on the candle of my heart you know, a dedication to something I care about, so that when Mm -hmm. I walk through this world, I'm not just walking for myself. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm walking for the unrest in New Zealand right now, or Mm -hmm. uh, holding those people who were, you know, taken out of a temple uh, in in such a dramatic way. Mm -hmm. To to realize that the simplest ways can have meaning, that, that the privilege I have to be in this world is something I need to make a dedication, and an offering to the whole.
0: Yeah. So. Wonderful, beautiful. Thank you Thank so you. much for that.
1: Love you, Aaron. Love you too. <laughs> <laughs> I love this work.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Great working mm, with you. Thank you, my friend.
3: Yeah. The Why on Earth Community Stewardship and Sustainability podcast series is hosted by Aaron William Perry, author, thought leader, and executive consultant. The podcast and video recordings are made possible by the generous support of people like you. To sign up as a daily, weekly, or monthly supporter, please visit whyonearth.org backslash support. Support packages start at just $1 per month. The podcast series is also sponsored by several corporate and organization sponsors. You can get discounts on their products and services using the code whyonearth, all one word,